Do you feel like you need God's encouragement and wisdom throughout the week to take hold of His promise to fly like an eagle? You've come to the right place. Welcome to Eagles on the Hill. Let's join our host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Hey, people, I am your host, Pastor Jeff Scheich. Thanks for joining us today on Eagles on the Hill. You can search for us, Eagles on the Hill, uh, on YouTube, and you can hit the subscribe button in the lower right-hand corner so you'll get a subscription to all of our videos, know when they're coming out. You can also follow us wherever you listen to podcasts as we draw strength from Jesus to fly like an eagle. In today's podcast, I want to begin a series which uh, we'll do over the next, I don't know, month or two, depending on how I feel like it. It won't be all right in a row, but uh, this is the time of year when people begin to travel to Israel. The heat of the summer has passed, and now uh, Israel is open for business, as they say. And so uh, millions of uh, pilgrims head to Israel in the fall. Fall and spring are the best times to go and walk in the places where Jesus walked and see where those biblical stories of of David and other great heroes of the Old Testament as well, where they lived, and and uh, put those stories all in the context of the land. The weather in Israel, by the way, is very similar to the weather in Atlanta, Georgia, if you want a comparison to the United States. And so you have these uh, kind of pretty hot summers and then a beautiful fall and spring. And so fall and spring is the time to go. Uh, also, people can go in the winter, but it's not not all that cold, although you can get some snow in Jerusalem from time to time, just like Atlanta might have an inch of snow and shut the whole city down. So you can kind of get that weather pattern as well in Israel. So with this fall being time when people head off to Israel to go and do uh, make a pilgrimage, I wanted to uh, share with you uh, from time to time on the podcast some things about Israel, because if you uh, know me at all, you know that Israel is pretty close to my heart. I love going there, love uh, leading groups there to Israel and helping them uh, make a pilgrimage to see the events of Scripture in the land where they took place. Today, I want to go to my one of my favorite spots, uh, favorite Old Testament spots, and that is En Gedi. You may or may not have heard of En Gedi, but it plays a part in what happens in 1 Samuel chapter 24, which we'll get to in a moment. En Gedi is a national park now today in Israel. It's a beautiful place to go visit. And so uh, let's take a look. Uh, let's get uh, into 1 Samuel 24 and take a look at what happens at En Gedi. The characters here are David, who at this point has not yet become king of Israel, and King Saul, who is king of Israel. And so King Saul has uh, realizes that David is going to one day be king, and King Saul doesn't like that. And so from time to time, pursues David, tries to kill him. So this is where the account picks up in 1 Samuel 24. Now, it came about that when Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, pause right there, King Saul should have been pursuing the Philistines. He should have been fighting the Philistines, but instead he was so worried about King David, he forgot what God called him to do. Anyway, it came about when Saul returned from pursuing the Philistines, he was told, saying, Behold, David is in the wilderness of En Gedi. I just told you it was a beautiful place, and yet here it's called a wilderness. We'll talk about that in a minute. Then Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all of Israel and went to seek David and his men in front of the rocks of the wild goats. And he came to the sheepfolds on the way where there was a cave, and Saul went in to relieve himself. I love how Scripture just tells it like it is. David and his men were sitting in the inner recesses of the cave. And the men of David said to him, Behold, look, this is the day of which the Lord has said to you, 
I am about to give your enemy into your hand, and you shall do to him as it seems good to you. In other words, go kill the king. You can do it right now. David arose and cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly. He must have set aside his robe to relieve himself. And it came about afterward that Saul's, David's conscience bothered him because he had cut off the edge of Saul's robe. And he said to his men, Far be it from me because of the Lord that I should do this thing to my Lord, the, Lord, the Lord's anointed, to stretch out my hand against him since he is the Lord's anointed. So David felt uh, pangs of, of guilt because he had cut off the edge of King Saul's robe. So as the account progresses in 1 Samuel 24, you have this uh, kind of beautiful peace happens where Saul then goes out of the cave. He's done going to the bathroom there, and he goes out of the cave. David comes out of the cave, calls out to King Saul, says, Hey, King Saul, look who it is. It's David. I'm right here. And then he says, Look what I got in my hand. I got, a, I got the corner of your robe. I could have killed you but I did not. Why are you, King Saul, pursuing me, David, when I'm not pursuing you, when I'm not going to do you any harm? I could have killed you, but I did not, David says. And Saul realizes uh, what he's done. And Saul confesses to David that David is indeed a better man than he. Saul says to David, I will, I will no longer pursue you, but I've been doing wrong in doing this. And uh, David offers forgiveness to King Saul. But David does not offer trust to King Saul. So Saul goes back from whence he came, but David, the scripture says, goes off to the Masada. He goes off uh, to the fortress, the Masada there, which is also right next to Engedi, is the current Masada, what's the place called Masada, the fortress that King Herod built much later. And uh, we also visit uh, Masada when we go to Israel as well. They're right near each other, Engedi and Masada. So a uh, lot of lessons to be learned there. Uh, just some great things. One is how King da or how future King David, at this point not King David, just plain old David. David follows the fourth, what the Lutheran numbering of the fourth commandment. There, honor your father and mother, honor those in authority over you. And David's uh, heart is stricken with guilt because he's even done so much as to cut off the edge of the robe of the king. David's men want him to kill the king. It's your chance. There he is. You can get him and get away with it. And David only cuts off the edge of his robe and even then feels guilty about that. Why? Because he's not followed the command of God to honor the king. And even though the king is chasing him, even though the king is pursuing him, even though the king is trying to kill him, David still wants to honor King Saul. It's a beautiful illustration of what it means to follow the fourth commandment there. Uh, David did not harm the king. He let he let God take care of King Saul. And of course, uh, in a little while, after 1 Samuel 24, God is going to take care of King Saul. King Saul will be killed by the Philistines in battle. And so uh, because of that, then David will rise up to become king one day. It's also a beautiful illustration there in 1 Samuel 24 of what forgiveness is and what forgiveness is not. David forgives King Saul. And uh, how do we know he forgives King Saul? He doesn't cut off the—he he cuts off the edge of his robe, and even that seems too much for him. David does not hold it against King Saul that King Saul is pursuing him to kill him. He forgives him. He lets him go. Literally, the word forgiveness, to let go. He lets Saul go and does not take Saul's life, which David could have done. Um, and some would have said that would have been legitimate, but David forgives him. 
However, what is forgiveness not? Forgiveness does not necessarily mean that you trust the person again. And so uh, Saul uh, leaves David, goes back from whence he came, and David does not follow King Saul back from whence Saul came, but rather stays in the wilderness, goes in fact to a higher place, to the fortress, to the Matsada, because he doesn't trust. He forgives, but he doesn't trust again. And that's a great lesson for us about what forgiveness is. So what is this place in the scriptures called the wilderness? And yet I've said it's a beautiful national park. Well, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, put some pictures on the screen. You can imagine if you're not watching on YouTube, the wilderness area that uh, is that place. It's just uh, it's just desolate. However, En Gedi itself uh, is a place where there are some underground springs that run all year round, even in the heat of the summer, producing some wonderful freshwater waterfalls, freshwater ponds there at the area of En Gedi. So why were David and his men going to En Gedi to escape Saul? Because there was fresh water in the midst of the wilderness. You can't live without water. And there is abundant water at En Gedi. And so David and his men were there. Why were the goats there? Because of the water. The goats actually today, uh, if you go there, there's lots of uh, wild goats there. They look like antelope, if you want to picture them. Uh, but the, the goats live there. The wild goats live there as well because of the water. And they're able to also then find food there because of the water. So En Gedi is this wonderful oasis in the midst of the wilderness. And uh, that's why it's a national park today. So when you go there, it's a great a place to go uh, when it's hot. And you can go for a refreshing swim there. Um, and you can also the, get up close with the goats and some other wild animals as well. They're very tame in that national park. So, uh, yeah, the, the goats are probably, you can get within about 30 feet of them or so as they're uh, munching there on the grass and other things that grow there. It's a great place to visit. And so many Israelis go there just uh, because it's a national park. We go there when we go to Israel because of its connection to David because of uh, its connection to this, uh, this account of 1 Samuel 24, because it's a great place to read some Psalms of David. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul thirsts for you, O living God, Psalm 42. So some great uh, passages to read, some great songs to sing there at En Gedi. And we go there to uh, see where it all took place in the life of King David. Well, again, not King David yet, but future King David there at En Gedi. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. That's kind of what I got for you as we talk about on getting. I want to encourage you to write us at eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. That's all one word. No spaces, dots, dashes, underscores, just eaglesonthehill211 at gmail.com. Tell us what you think of this podcast or others. Tell us uh, what you think of some topics that you might want to uh, have us talk about in the future. Again, a reminder to subscribe uh, for our podcasts on YouTube. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts. We want to encourage you as we close, as we always like to do, to remember the promise of God in Isaiah chapter 40, that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will fly on wings like eagles. And so we trust in God as we live our Christian lives, just as David did when he lived his life so many years ago. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll talk to you soon on the podcast.